welcome to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, you know we have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and of course, we love 10-minute plays. And we are happy to bring you a new 10-minute play every two weeks here in 2019. This week, we're going to read a play called From Minsk to Manhattan. And joining us here to help read the play is none other than Sharon Holland. Yay! Sharon! I chose you as the first person to talk to because you're the only person that I could ask a question about Minsk to. So <laughs> you're, 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 you're a world traveler, right? I've been to Minsk. Yeah, yeah that, you, so you mentioned it before we started recording. That's why I knew that. So, so, so that's in Belarus. Yes. Well, tell me about Minsk. I've never, I, I only know it, I have to confess, from the Shmuel song from last five years. That's the only thing I know about it. Uh, it was a long time ago that I was there. It was 30 years ago now this year. It'll be 30 years. So. Did you choose, I mean, I, I assume you chose I, to go there? I but. had a, so I'm old, and it was the Soviet Union when I was a kid. And um, I had a fascination with uh, the Soviet Union and with uh, Russian history as well. Uh, more Russian history than the Soviet part of the history, but... My graduation from high school present from my parents was a trip to what was then the Soviet Union, and we went to Moscow and what was then Leningrad uh, and Minsk. Holy so. cow. What? My parents got concerned when I went to London. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was goodness. a student group. I mean, I didn't go alone. Oh, it was well, a student Well, I mean, group. I assume you didn't go by yourself. Yeah, no, but. no, it was a student group, 1989. Wow. wow. That's, yep. So, so That's what did you cool. see while you were there? Like, what, what? A lot of art. Uh -huh. A lot of art, and they set up a lot of meetings with um, with student groups. And um, I'm pretty sure it was in Minsk. Uh, we met with a group of dental students um, who brought out their guitars, and we all sat around singing. And you have never heard "Hello Dolly" sung until you've heard it sung by yeah. a, hey. by a group of Belarusian dental students yeah. with guitars. With guitars. <laughs> yeah. they, they serenaded us on our way out to the bus with "Hello Dolly" on their on their guitars. That is wow. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, what a great memory. A lot of Beatles songs, too. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Sharon. Also joining... Sh oh, yeah, let's clap for her. That's great. Thank you. Yay. Also joining us is the person who started the applause just now, Liz Thomas. Yay. Yay. What's the, what's the what's the most I guess exotic or you know maybe far fetched place you've ever been, Liz? I studied abroad in Sydney, Australia. Oh, that's right. I knew yeah. that about you. Yeah, I did. Our uh, oh, wait a minute. The person who wrote this play is, is from Australia. We've been to New York, so there you go. There you go. Hey, look at that. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are you, What were you doing in, you, you were studying? I, I, it was a sort of working internship. So I was working for the Australian Theater for Young People, which is in, um, by the Rocks, which is one of the oldest neighborhoods in Sydney. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. I love, love Sydney. I want to go back and actually see the rest of Australia as well. Uh -huh. So yes. got to yeah. save up my pennies for that. But I love Sydney. It was great. What time of year were you there? I was there during their winter. So um, July 4th was a bit chilly that year. Um, I'm but, fascinated. It's like, how chilly? Tell me. Uh, I mean, it was like winter you know, here in, in Virginia, huh. uh, what, the, the 75 degrees that yeah. it was today, no. <laughs> like forties, thirties, forties. I, you know, it was, it was pretty chilly. Uh, but the weather actually, the anybody who's listening in Australia, she means Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 30, 40 degrees of Fahrenheit. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it would get up to about 40 degrees Fahrenheit in uh, the daytime and then yeah, dip down into the thirties Fahrenheit. 
<laughs> Thank you, Liz. And you also joining us is Ed Whitaker. Hi, Ed. Hello. And also a traveler. Yes, so, so, indeed. So what's one of the, I guess, most out-of-the-way places you've been? Uh, well, you said exotic earlier, and that, made, that got me thinking, I think, I've been to Europe, but uh, most exotic place was Mexico, uh, mm-hmm. both Mexico City and uh, <coughs> Yucatan and Quintana Roo. So um, that, I just, Mexico has a lot of exotic uh, to me. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated with the Mayan culture. Yeah, and, well, they're so ancient, yeah, it's, too. it's very, very ancient. City. I love that yeah. stuff. You got an you opportunity know. to see ruins while you were there? I did. Oh, yes, yes. It's, a, it's fascinating stuff, so... I guess, you know, the other exotic, if you think about ancient stuff, would be I, I love uh, Cornwall, mm-hmm. uh, which has got, you know, very, 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 well, all of England has, you know, the, the stone circles and, sure. and the British Isles have sure. all those, that wonderful ancient stuff there. Yeah, so. I actually remember, uh, I've also been to uh, London and I was so excited to go to the British Museum because of all of the, you know, the whole Viking and Celtic wing yes. as well at the British Museum. And of course they were renovating. <laughs> Gave me an excuse to go back though. But I mean, also too, you know, we think about exotic, there's some pretty uh, cool places, national parks, uh, here in the states too, so also ancient. Yes. Support your national parks. Well, thank yeah. you, ladies and gentlemen. Because the federal government from won't Williamsburg, do it. Virginia. From Williamsburg, Virginia. Right. We love Especially you, Especially Colonial parks. Williamsburg, which is not a national park but a privately founded foundation. But thank you. I love Jamestown and Yorktown. Jamestown and Yorktown. That's right. I love All right, parks. so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to return sort of back here to the states <laughs> uh, with a play tonight called "From Minsk to Manhattan" by Faith Disavigne. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and you, those of you who are listening at home, this will be a cold read. Our actors here have never laid eyes upon this play before, and I am going to assign them their roles now. Ed, you are assigned to sit right there and look beautiful. Lovely. He's doing a great job of it. <laughs> Is this beautiful enough? Oh, that's wonderful. Ooh, thank you. So, uh, Sharon, if you would be so kind as to read Katya, and Liz, if you would be so kind as to read Daria. Both of these characters are in their 20s. I will read the stage directions. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further... Re- yes. Oh, no, I'm, going to, I'm going to add some ado. Do you want really bad Russian accents? No, no, no. Bad no, no, Russian no. accents is best let we us, can manage. No, let us not. Let us <laughs> okay, not. Uh, yeah, just, so, uh, so, a note for those of you listening at home, as you can hear and just heard uh, Sharon made mention, we're not going to try Russian accents. We will be speaking in our natural accents. Not you, Liz. <laughs> Use your stage voice. Yeah, yokel. Oh, <laughs> I just gave her the perfect bless your heart opportunity, and she didn't. She didn't take it. Oh, I was thinking it. Darling. I can't say anything. I'm from Atlanta. Can you tell? Yeah, come on, Georgia. Anyways, from Minsk to, Minsk to Manhattan, two coworkers plan a revolution during office hours by Faith Disavigne. The characters are Katya and Daria. They're both in their twenties. The time is now. The place is a tractor factory in uh, fa- tractor factory office in Minsk, Belarus. Katya is hunched over a computer while Daria is filing papers. Where the hell is Missouri? No idea. Let's see. She goes to the computer. Not smiling. Probably no teeth. Probably not his picture either. These are guys their own women don't want. Yeah, but how else am I going to get out of this... They both look around to see if anybody's listening to them. Pisshole. Did you fill that order for the 3522 Axile part? Yes, despite being backdated to... Never. I can't believe you're going through with this. If you're going, then I have to too. I can't live here without you. 
And I don't have your brains, only these. She's pointing at her chest. How do you like my profile? Katya, you got it all out there. I have to to stand out. There's thousands of women. I've stopped telling them Belarus is not a part of Russia. They'll never hear they've never heard of us, and I'll never hear of these Montana Mick Michigan Where's Manhattan? If I have to live with a loser, why can't I do it in a cool place by the ocean? How about Miami? Well, that's my second choice. Looks around like they are being listened to. Changes to loud voice. Because our great leader, president for life, is making life here so great. I can't imagine leaving. Yeah, so great I should throw my application to Germany out. Because who would want to leave this worker's paradise? We love being his chicken workers. Or is it working chickens? Just don't get pregnant. Then you're stuck. That's just what my mother wants. Little does she know, I want to get married, just not here. You know, being in such a great place, we should do something before we go. I don't want trouble. Don't worry, we are so under the radar. Can you see if that hydraulic manipulator for the GM50 invoice is on its way? It's on its way! Like our non-existent democracy. (laughs) Daria, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear... Muskogee? That's why this is the perfect place to start. What? The revolution here? Milwaukee? Yeah, non-cooperative, non-violent, non-action. Not interesting. We hold no hope for change, so we don't do anything. Missoula? Oh, I need Google Maps. They both look around to see if anyone is watching them. They make like they're working, putting on false smiles as they speak through their teeth. I worry about the silent ones. We're all silent. Say or do anything and you're gone. Right. But there are ones that can protest without being punished. Who? Those newly born or near dead. Because they don't know where they are? Right. So while our great leader, the chicken farmer, treats us like his chickadees. G-clawed, de-beaked, de-winged. Yeah, but you can't torture and imprison babies in the senile. The lucky ones? Right. So why don't we help those that can't speak have a picture of what we are? I want to plaster every kindergarten and nursing home with these. Daria hesitantly holds up a picture of a crazed chicken. No, don't show me. I have to keep searching. There's a guy in... Mohegan? He wants to know what I'm wearing. Chains of conformity. (laughs) I can't believe how efficiently this place is run! Because we make a superior tractor! The only thing we're known for. Drunk workers give high productivity. I don't want trouble. I've got a goal. If I didn't, I I would die. We're dying here! That's why I want to help the silent. I know. Life is so sweet. We're comatose with happiness. If everyone only hears praise from us... What can they do? Nothing! Because we never say anything bad. We only work here. And we're doing a good job. So, this could mean solidarity with his former occupation? Right. Or it could be a crazed escapee. You're not giving any ideas. No, just showing sympathy with my fellow prisoners. I'm not hearing this. I don't want to end up in some dungeon tortured by the secret police. You don't have to. Let's act like we're on Fantasy Island. I love 80s American TV! This could be fun. Everyone is always saying I I need to lift my attitude. While we're working to get out, we can help label the people we leave behind without them knowing it. Katya, what you're doing is so old-fashioned. You don't need a man to get out of here. Yeah, I do. It's expensive to leave. Then when I get there, how am I going to live and on what visa? 
So you're going to prostitute yourself? Hey, I never said anything about you in Germany. Well, Germany's taking in everybody now. There'll be no space for me. And how am I going to get into their university when my German is so bad? I talk every night to my English records. Could I... Can you please shut your face? (laughs) What's your granny say? Get out before we get invaded again. (laughs) Don't be mad at me. I just worry. I should worry about this. But as long... But as long as I don't know about it, I can make believe. I don't even know I'm not doing it. I got a better idea. Are you joining the great sick day? What's that? Tomorrow. We just don't show up for work. All us non-essential workers, that is. That's me! I can do that! I ate in the cafeteria. (gasps) Those eggs! Oh yeah, I had the chicken salad and the milk expired. In 2014, here comes another cramp! They bend down as if in pain, and then, as traditional Belarusian dance music plays, they go off to separate parts of the stage, reading magazines, sleeping, watching TV, and laughing on the phone. Then they get up and go back to their office the next day as if nothing happened. So, how are you feeling? Just recovering. I really shouldn't be back. Did anyone notice we weren't here? I don't know. Did anyone else not show up? I don't ask. They can question, but how are they going to take in everybody that called in sick? Hey, I had food poisoning. I was vomiting so much, I had to curl myself around the toilet. I only had strength to lift my head, spew, then collapse. I had so much diarrhea. My bottom was bleeding. I'm so sick, I don't have any guts left. My internal system is empty of all hope. That was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Shame the essential services had to show up. (laughs) How does it feel to be non-essential? Oh, here comes Andre. Look lively. They smile vaguely and move their heads as Andre goes by. I'm so sick I can't. Passed us right by. See, they didn't even miss us. Cooped in, worked till death. I don't want my life to be like that. Caged chickens and know it. But if all of us get sick of us, sick of this, nothing would work. It's been 20 years of him wringing our necks. Estonia had the singing revolution. Let's have the... Stay home revolution. We want change, but can't be bothered to show up. Some go to the barricades. Let's go. Back to bed! And we won't get up till it's over. Hey, look! Manhattan! Jeez. Manhattan! Kansas. <laughs> Where's that? Now I really feel sick. The end. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. Thanks, ladies. So uh, now we're going to enter into the portion of the program where we have a short discussion about the play that we just read. And Sharon, I want to start with you. What are your first impressions? This can be something as simple as, I liked it, I didn't like it, anything that stood out to you. I liked it for the most part. Um, I got a little lost in a couple of sections. I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but but um, but I, I think it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mostly liked it. I, I kind of think the idea of... Some go to the barricades, we'll go back to bed. (laughs) Um, I also thought it was very interesting because anybody that knows Liz knows that Liz uses chicken as a swear word and she keeps getting chicken of mercy. And she keeps and she keeps she kept getting to say chickens, so that was just a nice little inside joke for me. Yeah, that was that was Liz, what are your first thoughts? I love chickens. No. Well actually I do, they're great. Um I I thank you for showing, for writing, that you can change locations without having to go scene one, scene two. 
in a one act, in a 10 minute play. Because I think a lot of people can miss that opportunity. I had no idea you were so passionate about that. I appreciated it. It's just, it's, it's really nice. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes there's no need to, uh, but other times it can feel, uh, there was actually a play we read not too long ago that felt more like a screenplay, actually. Uh-huh. Well, it felt very episodic, but this just so wonderfully to just, Smoothly yes. uh, uh, transfer from scene to scene. It you're was, referring it was great. to the hotel, the motel. Yes, the motel. Yes. yes, and so thank you for writing that because again, I think a lot of people they think it's a one act play. It has to be one scene, uh, one location, and it can be it can be you know it's it's a play. It can be your creative baby. So if you want to go to Minsk or Manhattan or go back to bed, do, do it. Do you think that uh, that maybe made this gave this a little more of a uh, film feeling to it. Of, this? Yeah, because because you, I, I remember during the hotel, if you haven't heard that, you can go back into our archives. It is available to listen to. Um, <laughs> during the hotel, you made mention that it felt like a movie and maybe that would connect it, better with some audiences. It did. I, th- I think that this actually... Um, I think that this actually could, it could very well be a screenplay as well. It could uh-huh. be a great short film, uh, but I think also it can really lend itself well to the stage. So I think both mediums could, could serve it. I was, I will note for those of you who are listening at home, lo- looking at this, this definitely does, is not written in form like a screenplay, whereas the motel was. Yeah. Very episodic. So it's Ed, what are your, again, but you know. Yeah. So Ed, what are your uh, first thoughts about the play? I, I liked it. I thought it was very funny. I, I um, I definitely agree with what uh, Liz is saying about the going from plate, you know, smooth transitions from place to place. You know, you, I could see that stage very well. What I liked about this was just finding the humor in the futility of trying to get control of something where you have no control yeah, whatsoever. No control. Yeah. You know, trying to get out of something that's just been going on the way it is for all this time. I, I thought it was also very timely into what, you know, <clears throat> this country is going through today, you know, our own divisiveness and mm-hmm. what we think about how we're trapped in these different ideologies and how do you get people to move from that and how do you get yourself to, and then we, we declare, okay, we got to do something about it, but what do we really do? Yeah, Go to the national parks. Really right. Save the national parks. <laughs> yeah, there is there is a little element, a little waiting for Gato element in this here, right? Because they're so, talking yeah. about doing this and talking about doing it and talking about doing it. And while they are taking some action, they're not, I mean, it's, it's almost like they're not clicking the button on the computer screen mm-hmm. to connect, to make the connection, to go to Missouri or Manhattan, Kansas oh. or... What have you? What's that idea of, um, you know, what is stronger, perhaps the dream or the reality? Right. Because, I mean, you could get to Missouri um, or Montana, as it is written, um, and find out that you would really like to be back in Belarus. Uh, so, I mean, the, the idea, and I think that's true for anybody who perhaps had in a, not fantasy, but just a, a particular picture in their mind of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to move here, it's going to be exactly like this, and if it's not, it's going to be exactly like that, but I still have everything planned out. Mm-hmm. And then that fear of, okay, wait a minute, so-and-so moved there, and I never even thought that could happen. So again, this this idea of what is safer, the dream or the reality, which, which you know, I get may, that, yeah, you know, which I, may not be true always, but it's... Well, you know, we noted earlier, I noted earlier in the show, I'm from Atlanta, you know, I went to school in, in Georgia, I'm a theater student, and I know so many people who went to New York or L.A. and Chicago, and almost all of them, 
ended up coming back. Well, first of all, Lana's got a great scene. Let me just put that out there. This is true. Lana's There's a lot to do down there. Scene, so yeah, don't don't discount that. But but I mean, it's true. Um, and you know, it's the idea of dare I say putting all of your chickens in one basket. It's easier to put the eggs in the basket. You need a bigger basket if it's the chickens. <laughs> Damn it, I just want to say chickens. Speaking of, Can well, I curse well, speak, on this? Speaking I'm of sorry. the chickens. Sweet chickens. I'm sorry. Speaking of the chickens, those, you know, the, the printed out image of the chicken that they have here, something that, you know, yeah. is really, really small, a small critique one might consider in in our society. Talking about our society, Ed, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and yet, And yet, this is something that obviously is really important to them that they don't get caught with just a picture of a chicken, chicken, right? (laughs) And so, you know, I wonder how much did the overriding oppression that is intent, clearly intended to be put into this, how much did that play into the humor? Was it, do you think, do you think that it made the play funnier that they were cracking these jokes here and there? Oh my gosh. It's like Brazil, you know, you have to, Get out! Like <laughs> that's the war. Well, that's what makes it funny is yeah. the the oppression is the conflict. You know, uh-huh. you know, doing that, and then the, then the internal conflict about what's better: this sure. known oppression or the unknown yeah. perception of freedom, whatever that might, or or something different. Grass is greener, all that good stuff. Right. Yeah, right. I, I, sure. It's 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 woven all in there, and you know, if we were to, if we were to flesh this out and put this on stage and really explore these women's you know motivations for what they're doing, I think oppression is going to be. Yeah. You know, a big factor in there. It's the un, it's the unseen, unspoken character. Sort of a very dark comedy, I think, uh, which I love. But um, you know, the idea of we're we're gonna stand up, we're gonna be free, and then they sit right back down. They sure do, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> uh-huh. Now they do take the day off there. They do. And to little effect, it would seem, uh, Andre. But, but you know, the the other thing to to think about, and and I know that Belarus is no longer part of Russia, no right. longer part of the Soviet Union. It is its own country now, but it does share a, a lot, um, uh, literarily and so forth, with the, with the, uh, you know, I mean, think about think about Russian plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember reading The Cherry Orchard in college, oh, and it was not funny. Yeah. It was not funny, and everybody said this is supposed to be a comedy, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I, I, I didn't see it. But it's a that that sort of Eastern European that, yeah. that Eastern European humor, mm-hmm. yeah, is very different, and it's very dark. Yeah, I agree, and you know, I, I will say this much: you know, those Chekhov comedies, when when presented, you know, in a full production, the the comedy is there, uh, but. It takes it takes somebody with a skillful hand to I make it Chekhov. funny. I absolutely love Chekhov. I I know people who just they they absolutely hate him, but I I love Chekhov, and because and I think part of it is that you know finding the humor even in the darkest of circumstances or or what somebody from the outside might perceive as the darkest of, darkest of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And again, finding the humor, finding the hope, finding the dream, even if perhaps it's just finding the dream, even if you, even if you don't follow through on it, just knowing that it's there. Um, cause even if you're in a situation where your dream is to essentially prostitute yourself to some stranger <laughs> to get you out of the place where you are. All right. But that's an, abs- you know, that on the surface, that could seem like a real absurd thing. Mm-hmm. Well, not on the surface, you know, it can be absurd yet. You, we can also relate. Oh yeah. People do that. Yeah. 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 It's a reality for some, right? Yeah. 
Great. Well, what a great discussion, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to thank you for, of course, joining us here tonight and reading the play. And let's thank Faith, uh, excuse me, Faith de Sevigne for her play from Minsk to Manhattan. Thank you, Ed Whitaker, Sharon Hollins, Liz Thomas, and the sound techs who shall not be named. If you enjoyed what you hear, heard, if you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. You'll get a brand new play every two weeks here in 2019 from us here at the Best of All Possible podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, and you can follow Pangolossian Productions on Facebook as well. And if you're interested in what we're doing here in Williamsburg, Virginia, if you want to come see a show or maybe even buy some tickets, you can visit us at www.pangolossian.org. If you do buy the tickets, make sure you come to see the show. That would be really great. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.